Hello, and welcome to Sip Happens with Liv and Bon, a show for the Joe Blow, No Show, and Dirty Ho. Sit back, grab a glass, and enjoy this week's conversations. Cheers to building body confidence and education. Before we start this episode, we just wanted to highlight that we do discuss eating disorders and disordered eating, and this may be triggering to some listeners. Today, we are joined by the incredible Sabine McKenzie, founder of Core Confidence and Worth Beyond. Sabine's vision is to bring positive body esteem to young people. Sabine is extremely inspiring, educated and so full of wisdom and advice. In this episode, we cover eating disorder recovery, disordered eating, building body confidence and self-esteem, helping family members through eating disorders and society's weight expectations. So sit back, grab a glass and enjoy this week's conversations. Welcome Sabine, thank you so much for being back on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We've actually had a huge amount of positive feedback from our last episode together, which was almost a year ago now. And although it was all that time ago, we still get comments on it to this day. So we wanted to have you back and talk about the things that we talked about last time in more detail, as well as some new things too. So in the last episode, we spoke about your personal journey and why you got into what you do now as your full-time job. Um, Can we speak a bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are now? Absolutely, yeah. Did you have any like specific questions about it? Um, Well, I think we got a few questions sent in um, from people about your personal journey with um, like eating disorders and why you now want to help other people. But maybe if you could just give an overview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe like your key learnings along the way. Yeah, for sure. If you've got some. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple. There's a couple, a couple of learnings. Um, no, definitely. You know, I think I've always um, held back a little bit about um, talking in detail about um, about the... I guess, behaviours that I experienced and and that whole journey, not because I think it's anything to be ashamed of or to hide or to be secretive about, just because I'm really mindful about not causing harm and not, um, you know, not, I guess, giving someone ideas or glamorising it or making it anything other than, like, a shit time. Like, it was, a, it was like, I would not wish an eating disorder upon anyone, right? So I do, I do really feel like I've been... Um, a bit conscious of that and maybe too far because I think that the reason that I started to speak out and the reason that I do the work that I do is because I found so much um, help in hearing other people's stories and I found so much comfort in knowing that I wasn't alone Mm -hmm. so I think it's really like nice to have this space to hopefully not cause harm but I think yes yeah, speak quite honestly about what I did kind of go through or like at least bits of what I went through mm-hmm. um and you know for me it was a time in my life where I was at uni um and I hadn't really had much trouble with my relationship with food or exercise my body image before then um but this time and this what I've since learned is that these transitional periods in our lives is when the inner critic gets really loud and for me a way to like try and control or be um, more perfectionistic which was some of my like personality traits it that kind of like flowed over into food and exercise and so what started as like I guess a bit of a just like a healthy lifestyle change to feel good enough to feel better like that I fit in whatever it was trying to give me just really quickly spiraled down into um, really disordered behaviors and I think I, I mention it in terms of like being this perfect storm. Like it's not, it's not one, one thing that made me have an eating disorder rather than just like being in a diet culture or not liking my body. You know, it's, it's this perfect storm of things, whether it's a little bit of genetics as well, my environment, um, my personality traits, things just going on at that perfect time that kind of contributed to it manifesting the way that it did. And I know, I think I look back to that time and really just notice how, um, what might have started as just saying like no to like chocolate or like morning tea or afternoon tea or like food that people brought in. Then like this, this moment of realization when, um, I had, you know, my, my boyfriend at the time, his family brought in like a subway, subway for us all to have at like for lunch. And I was like, 
in tears because they'd gotten me like a six inch subway like I can remember exactly mm-hmm. like chicken teriyaki like salad <laughs> um and I was like I was in tears I don't remember if I was like in front of everyone or I did it in private but I, I couldn't have it I had all this like fear and anxiety about the chicken and the bread and the dressing and everything that was in yeah. there and I think that that was at a time where the seed had already been planted like about people around me that maybe things weren't as Mm-hmm. cruisy as I was imagining them to be and I think having that kind of moment just really stood out to me as being like okay like something is going on here mm. um and I think that coming you know if there was still a long journey between that realization and and you know being recovered or getting to where I am now you know it's been 10 years yeah, yeah. um but you know another really big point that I relate to is like seeing um, a photo and like seeing photos of myself and being in that frame of mind of like having started to seek help for my eating disorder and disordered behaviors and seeing a photo of me like before I was struggling and really fearing to be that again like mm-hmm. I had so much fear around um, gaining weight and being that person that I thought like wasn't lovable like the way that she was that was like really hard to be in that moment of like knowing that I wasn't coping and that like actually my behaviors weren't contributing to me living a full life, but also that I was terrified of like being the person that I was. Yeah. So I think I really like, I see that now with the people that I support, they have this real like fear of yes, knowing that they like want to recover, but not knowing like what that looks like or, or, being really fearful of what that of what that would look like yeah and what that would look like yeah mm. and then it's I hadn't crazy. really thought of it like that before yeah. but I can actually fully understand what you mean by that because mm. what would recovery look like when yeah. they have no idea if they've not been there before exactly mm. yeah yeah and it's crazy because then like a little time after that when I was struggling with some different behaviors around like um overeating and binging and secret eating um you know lying to my best friend and my housemate about going to the gym which once had been like really obsessive um behavior now was around like an excuse for me to go like have food and so mm-hmm. I'd like sit in my car and just like binge on all this food and then I would like see a photo and then I'd be like in tears and crying and then like have to wipe it up and then go home pretending that I'd been to the gym and done a workout like it's so wild like when I think mm-hmm. back yeah. to some of the stuff but um then if I'd seen a photo of <clears throat> myself at that point um and it just so happened that I had physical changes like along this journey but by no means does that determine like how sick someone is or anything like that but um at that point I think I would have looked back at a photo of me before having an eating disorder and just wanted wanted that again right and I think that's such a big thing that we struggle with is comparing ourselves to our old selves Mm. and never I think in that moment I was like well what if what if I could just be okay like with what is happening yeah, right now. Now. Yeah. yeah obviously not not disordered behaviors not no, like not yeah. unhealthy behaviors or, or mentalities but outside of that actually just allowing my body to be hungry and full and sad and happy and whatever mm. it needed to be yeah um I know that was like I feel like a really big mishmash of like not a straight timeline no, at all really of like events to like hear about it from your point of view because obviously now you've gone into working with that and you can help so many people that are going through similar or, you know, topics that need your help with that. So it's really interesting to hear how you've actually put that into motion too. Mm. Like actually going more on that. What Was there a moment that you were sitting there that you were like, I'm going to use this to help other people? Did you have like a moment like that or it just kind of like naturally happened? Because, yeah. I think it just naturally happened. I think... Um, <clears throat> I was doing so much reading and learning and educating myself to understand like I just couldn't grasp how I had gone from being such like a confident like life-loving girl to like a complete shell of a human being like like terrified of of going out with friends to like a meal um yeah like I still even just then you know I remember going out for a girl's a girlfriend's 20th birthday I have no idea what friends were there I don't remember what girlfriend it was but I remember it was Sienna's in Leaderville and (laughs) (laughs) terrified right like pasta pizza pizza, cake like 
um, I was absolutely terrified. And, and so it was like, and again, I've, I don't remember what group of friends I was. I don't remember anything about that occasion because all I remember was being completely consumed with my fear and my thoughts around how I'm going to make up for what I'm going to eat right now or like making sure I, what am I going to choose and how I'm going to feel afterwards. And I think as I was doing my research and reading about, you know, how I, how this had kind of happened to me, like, where did I kind of go wrong? What, what didn't I know? I was kind of like, why hadn't I, why hadn't I known about like the inner critic or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like meditation or like even just body image stuff, like building positive body image. And that for me was like uh, that real, I guess I want to share this education. Like I want to share this with like teenagers at the time. Cause for me it was prevention to start mm-hmm. with. Um, like they need to know this, like they need to know this so that they know that the inner critic, everyone has it, but that they are enough, that they are like enough as they are. And if I had that belief, um, I maybe wouldn't have gone down that road of like mm. seeking um, comfort and safety from a mental illness, like from an yeah. eating disorder. So yeah, I think that definitely was a turning point. And also just like, mm. I wish that I had someone who had been through it, who could tell me that I could get through it. Tell me yeah. that it wasn't always going to be this way. Um, you were speaking a little bit about some of the things you learned when you were doing your self research. Are there some key things that stand out to you that were the things you did to help yourself get out of the bad position you were in and start to get back on a positive track? Um, Absolutely. I think um, like seeking help Mm. was huge. Even when I didn't even really believe that I was sick enough to get help. Mm. Um, Just, you know, that seed was definitely planted by my loved ones around me. Again, being really concerned for, you know, this this person that had completely changed my personality completely changed so even maybe to the to my friends at uni or um if I was working or anything like that people probably wouldn't have like picked up on it because I was really good at faking like masking and you know being okay but to everyone else so I was like really close with my loved ones I was an absolute bitch like Mm. absolute horrid human being and I feel so guilty about the person that I was because in that like I guess safety of, of being completely me it was completely the eating disorder. So yeah. it wasn't really me. Mm. So it no, was... you can't feel guilty. Because <laughs> no, yeah. like, that's not you absolutely. No, absolutely. And that separation is really important. Yeah. But I think definitely like that, that ability to understand that um, I, I, it was okay to get help, even if I did still have my period, even if I wasn't underweight, mm. even though I was still eating. Like there was this thing about, oh, I can't have an eating disorder because I'm still eating mm. food. I feel like we hear that a lot. Like, oh... Like if even if you're like, oh, I'm a bit worried about her eating patterns or something like that, and it's like, oh no, she's not super skinny, she doesn't have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, well, no, if she still she can still have so exactly. many like disordered patterns. You can literally have no idea. Like walking down the street or even honestly, even sitting with a group of girlfriends, like if they don't want to share that at that time, if they're not happy to or feel comfortable to, mm. you might you might not know because in that moment of that sharing that meal or or whatever, they can be completely okay. You don't know what's going on in their brain. Yeah, 100%. So you can't tell, you know, just by looking at someone if they if they're mm. unwell. So I've forgotten your question, but (laughs) (laughs) seeking help. No, I think, and I think that's, yeah, seeking help. And I think you're right because I've noticed that even with some of our friends, like, and I feel like even for me in the past, I was like, oh, it would only be a problem if like you end up in the hospital, then it's something. But it's like leading up to that is probably worse because you're like in such a bad state. Yeah. Early intervention. Oh my gosh. Early intervention. Like I, I am so grateful for the help that I received early on, even though it was like a bit of a shit show to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of just went back in, like fed back into that not sick enough mentality. But I'm so glad that I didn't kind of just, yeah, let go or that actually that my family didn't let go, but also that even then when I was still feeling, um, really out of control, um, I, you know, I'd restored weight and, even like gained more weight than I previously was. Um, but I was still engaging in like really shitty behaviors. Mm. And so at that point I thought that I should be better. And I think that people around me thought I was better. Um, but even then still like making sure that, cause this was in actually when I was in Europe. So when I got back from Europe, actually like going back to the psychologist and actually booking those appointments in mm. because I knew that I still wasn't okay. I think um, 
well, I had someone that's talked to me recently and their, someone in their family has just been diagnosed with an eating disorder. And she asked me to ask you, in regards to getting help, is there a point where it becomes too much help? Because she said, I think her daughter's around 14. She said she's booked her in now for like the doctor, the psych, dietitian, she's the counsellor. And she's just worried at this point that like she's doing too much Gosh. because it's getting like overwhelming and almost like you even like you said at the start you don't want to put ideas in her head like when she was actually diagnosed with the eating disorder her eating patterns became way worse mm. because it was like oh, i don't have to eat that i've got an eating disorder mm. and then hearing all these different things from different people she was like i'm just worried i'm now pushing her too far mm. it's so tricky like it's such a tricky space and that is something that actually happens quite a lot about kind of those behaviors getting worse and almost feeding straight back into the eating disorder at the start i mean first of all like well done to this human for surrounding this person with love and support like that is epic and i think it really depends on the 14 year old like it really depends on that person because in some ways um yes it could be completely overwhelming but then also in other ways, maybe that's what is needed right now. Like maybe maybe that is actually what is required to help her. Yes. Her, yeah, yes, to no. get to get out of this. And and the cost of not doing that might mean might mean it progresses and gets yeah. worse, right? But I think checking in with the young person, always always having that opportunity to check in and even though at times, you know, the eating disorder is more present than the person themselves, you can kind of get a gauge of who you're speaking to. So it's it's not like it's split personalities, but like it does kind of shift in terms of who is more present. So I think giving them the opportunity to discuss, you know, are you feeling overwhelmed? Is that just the eating disorder being scared right now? Or, you know, do we need to pull back on something? Mm-hmm. Having having an open and honest conversation about that, um, I think is really important. And really seeking parent support as well. Make sure that you are surrounding yourself with like parent support groups, peer support groups, having those conversations yeah. because you are not alone in this either. Siblings, parents, whoever mm-hmm. that might yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that leads right into another question that uh, someone else that I know sent in that was like, what can a family do for support? Mm. Because like it's one thing to support your loved one, which is like they want to know what they can do. Like question A, they want to know what they can do to be there to support her in the way that she needs, but also how do they support each other? Because she, like the person that wrote it in is noticing like the people are around her are struggling now because you know like it's so overwhelming it's yeah and i know this girl is quite sick at the moment she's in hospital mm. and to see the family mm. you know like everyone's everyone's affected so yeah like do you have any sort of tips or like your best advice for like support in those yeah moments? i think definitely like for me it always comes back to love and care like i think um as it, it can be really tricky because the golds is this a young person as well like for like like under 16 um, year old oh yeah okay mm. oh, my heart breaks yeah, um it's, it's actually really really yeah horrible. so mm. um the gold standard for treatment um for adolescents is family-based therapy and so that is something where like the basically the control of the food gets handed over to the parents or the guardians whoever's in charge um and that like that is what research tells us is like the gold standard the best kind of treatment that we've got to helping people like our adolescents get through this and get better it can be a really really hard experience and isn't right for everyone so i'm definitely not saying people need to do that or whatever Mm -hmm. just kind of i guess if people haven't heard of that before because the tricky thing with that is that it makes the eating disorder angry like and Mm -hmm. it makes eating disorder mad and so that person will often you know take that out on whoever is dealing with the food Mm. and so I think it's in that instance it's so hard to know like what do I need to do as a parent or as a loved one in terms of yes I need to be making my child my child like have this food but also that is like pushing them further away Mm -hmm. so just understanding that any lashing out any anger like it's the eating disorder yeah it's not it's not your daughter it's not the person and that they are going to be so incredibly grateful for everything that you're doing for them right now um is is definitely my best advice i think always just coming back to love and compassion they're not choosing this the 10 year old's not choosing to have this right they're not Mm. they're not um 
they haven't chosen to have an eating disorder no one chooses to have an eating disorder i think that sometimes in those moments of of anger and frustration um that can kind of be forgotten so mm. does that answer yeah, the question? yeah absolutely love i think it's just a really hard one because watching someone go through this when you can only do so much you, you can't recover would be for really them. really hard. absolutely but i think that yeah yeah getting sort of like family help or like family counselling or something probably yes. would be something yeah, that was definitely yeah, and I would definitely helpful. say that for them as well like yeah go speak to a counsellor go speak to a psychologist yourself right about this this is a lot for you to hold on to and to carry as well even and if you're not the one exactly like exactly yeah. yeah um so but also I think that is like a really great space that I've found for like the recovery coaching that I do and the peer support that I do is that that having that other person that is the same, taking the same angle as the family in terms of like not clinical and is still focused on recovery, but isn't family. Like I'm not, I'm not invested like a family is invested. Mm. I have really clear boundaries, but I also care very much about obviously the person yes. who is like yeah. in front of me. But like having that other avenue of support that can kind of have those conversations about about what is going on for them the overwhelm all these people um can sometimes just help but even maybe sometimes not with the person who's struggling but with the them, other the, family yeah, members yeah 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 but definitely don't try and fix them you you can't you this is not your fault this is not your your job to get them better um you can only love and support and do you know do your best to create an environment mm. where they can feel they can get to a place where the motivation comes from themselves to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a question I had <laughs> is I sometimes find it really hard when, and I notice that happens quite a lot when you're in a room with other friends or females or whoever it is, um, is quite often at pre's or when you're getting ready to go out and everyone starts putting themselves down a lot like it's, it's like you're classic, trying, it? yeah, I feel like everyone can relate to this, but it's like you're trying on your clothes and nothing looks good and then, it's like this downward spiral of, oh, I look bad and everything, I'm fat, you know. And then it kind of flows on to everyone. And then maybe other people even start to feel like, oh, I need to say something bad about myself too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my question is, how can we change the way we talk about ourselves? And in those situations, what do you think is good to do to even to help out your friend who's in that position where they're thinking, feeling really bad about themselves? Mm-hmm. What can we do? Oh, I don't know if this sounds completely like ridiculous and <laughs> and not even like practical or like geeky or nerdy. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but like I almost feel like you want to just like just create like create that boundary, create that vibe to be like girls, ladies, peeps. <laughs> the cool kids are saying like this is like this is we're done we're done talking shit about ourselves like before it even starts right like at the start of the night like I don't I don't want to hear it because we are so much we are beautiful and we are so much more than beauty and we are not friends because I like the way that your body looks exactly right and you're not friends with me because of that so I don't know if that is like something so super stupid and that like everyone's gonna roll their eyes out and not do but then my question is if it is like if you don't feel safe to like have that boundary or if you're gonna if you feel judged for like saying that like (laughs) (laughs) no i think that's a really good point and i think i think i've noticed there's kind of a thing like if you get given a compliment by someone else the immediate response is to be like, oh, no, I'm not. Mm. Like, oh, I'm not. my God, yeah. And I think it's really sad because if someone gives you a compliment, like, I hope that people don't give compliments and they don't mean it. Like, Absolutely. I would never do that. Yeah. So I think if someone's making an effort to say something nice about you, it's okay to actually be like, oh, thank you. Like, that is so I really struggle with that. Yeah. Like, and often people, like, just accept the compliment. Mm. But I'm like, what, what makes accepting a compliment seems like, seem like you're being held, like, yeah, cocky? Yeah, exactly. I don't know, yeah. like, oh, you look, like, you're looking really good. Oh, thanks. Seems like... <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, yeah, thanks, I know. Yeah, it seems, like, so cocky. Yeah. I find that really hard. But I think that goes back to, like, the beliefs that are formed when we're, like, you know, zero to six. And especially, like, for females as well. Like, I see it in my girls and the different language that gets used between girls and boys. And I don't mm. want to make this about gender. 
But like, I honestly feel like when we grow up, you know, there is so much comment about like, oh, you're wearing the pretty dress. Oh, your hair looks like so cute. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with that or that we can't do that. We don't do that to little boys in the same way. No, we say you're so strong. You're so brave. Like, look, you climb. Like, look, you go. And I think that like how that translates to now as, as adults is like, young some of us younger than others young, <laughs> young ladies um i feel so old lately um no. <laughs> young no. ladies um that's okay i'm my aging is a privilege i'm okay with it um getting off, tra- getting off track <laughs> um getting um, after <laughs> oh but the beliefs no no i'm back i'm back um she's back <laughs> The beliefs, like, honestly get formed at such a young age. Yeah. And that is what we fall back to in those mm-hmm. moments. Like, like, what does that say about me if I do say thank you? Like, what, what is it, what is it about being cocky or about being arrogant that our society has said is bad? Yeah. yeah. And what is it about, you know, just, just, yeah, just accepting the compliment, just saying thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And it is so hard. It is so, mm. so hard. But um, it's something small, I guess, that we can practice to try and get better at, right? And and this is the thing: we need to practice these things. They don't just happen. No, yeah. no. But I think that's actually a great response because I think that's something everyone listening and us can definitely start to do more. Like, if someone says something nice to you, just accept it because it's true, and say more nice things to other people. Absolutely. Instead of maybe getting into that, joining the downward spiral yeah. and starting to say bad things about yourself. That's true. You're like, well, I think you look great, and yeah. I think. I exactly yes absolutely i think to be that example of of showing that for yourself as well is is really really cool but also i think a step further maybe not in those environments i think when we like see people like for the first time in a while or something like that Mm. don't just compliment on what they look like or especially Mm. their weight like let's fuck that off okay like let's not comment on each other way anymore there's like no need for that but even just like your hair or your outfit or whatever like absolutely you can still still do that but maybe does it have to be like the first thing that we say about Mm. each other rather than like i've missed your warmth or your conversations or your laughter or whatever um like why they're a good friend type of thing because i think the more that we see that in other people the more that we see that in ourselves as well yeah Yeah. we've been talking about that actually it's come up a few times on our podcast like last few episodes like commenting like complimenting people on more than just their appearance Mm. like oh you like you're looking like you're really happy or like oh you're like you know you're like showing such a beautiful energy like there's so many other compliments that you can do rather than just like Mm. oh you know that have you lost weight exactly exactly which seems to be like what you hear all the time and the thing is is that you just never know what someone's going through and also you know a big thing for me was i had all these compliments about weight loss and then like people being like oh how are you doing that like what's your secret like what are you doing like oh yeah you don't want to know like you actually don't want to know hearing how much people will comment like complimenting you on it probably only just fueled absolutely it's like i'm doing this right i'm doing this i'm doing a really good job of this i'm succeeding at this my perfectionism right i can i can keep going with this and then on the flip side the real notable absence of comments when my body didn't look like that anymore right there wasn't any like oh how how what's your secret right because it no longer was whatever society says is like aspirational or ideal or like better than what i was before in quotation marks because it was smaller at a yeah. certain time yeah so no more weight loss compliments is what well. no they're being bad <laughs> okay, <great. laughs> okay so another thing for me sometimes i know i struggled with this a lot um a couple of years ago when i probably similar to what you were saying like i hadn't really educated myself on anything and I think it's really easy to just listen to whatever you hear or whatever the people you're around at that time say. So an example that comes to my mind is like, um, you get told by someone like, oh, the new way to lose weight is like, don't eat breakfast in the morning. Like fasting is so good. And then you speak to a different trainer or whoever it is. For me, it was a PT. Spoke to a different one. It's like, no, don't skip breakfast. That's so bad. And then I found it got really hard because it's like, I don't know what to do and then like I'm swapping between things I'm like am I doing this right um what's your advice for that when there's just so much overload of information and so many people with 
obviously very different opinions. Mm. What do you do in that situation? Mm. Turn back to yourself. Yeah. Turn back to your inner wisdom, your inner knowledge. Like without being like woo woo or spiritual, because like so cool if you are. I'm just that's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just like I'm just not that like at moments. But yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, I think yeah. I you can you can literally find anything to to support anything (laughs) like literally like you can speak to someone who says fruit is bad who says we just need to eat meat who says we don't need to eat meat we just have to have whatever right carbs no carbs fat no fat and it's and all of these things different things can work for different people at different times right it's not to not to speak badly about any of those things in its entirety but as you say when we are constantly like getting all of this information and opposing information it's like well what the hell am i doing like Mm. what what actually is good for me and so i think really bringing it back to like what isn't like what values do you hold like what is really important for you right now right how is your life looking and and how would you like it to look not even like in a year or two years but just in a month's time like how how do you want to feel what do you want to be doing and from that point being like oh maybe like i'm feeling a bit sluggish like i'd like to feel a little bit more energetic okay what can i do for that right and depending on who you speak to probably people are saying don't have carbs don't have sugar cut out dairy whatever Mm. right but can you think of it like maybe like i need to cut out screen time or like maybe i need to actually get you know some decent water exactly yeah Yeah, that's true right maybe maybe a little bit of of movement you know in the middle of the day is actually really good for me because it like picks up my energy Mm. again rather than always just turning to food as this like really true huge solution you're welcome (laughs) i love it I love these chats. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, that's that's really good advice. And I think that I have noticed as you get older, I think just as you kind of get more of a routine with your work or whatever, you kind of find, like you said, what works for you. Mm. And I was just doing things like, oh, someone told me I should not eat breakfast. And then it was like 12 o'clock. I was like, I am so hungry, but like I have to do this. this and then I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. This goes back to what you say, like if you're hungry, eat. Yeah yeah like yeah and I remember you saying that to me like the first coffee chats that I went to with you like a couple of years ago you were like if you're hungry have some food when you're full stop eating and I was like fuck out that's life changing (laughs) (laughs) who is this lady (laughs) (laughs) like you just never really think about it like that like I always think like I'm hungry oh but I just ate half an hour ago I absolutely couldn't eat again and it's like well why not you can yeah absolutely but I think I really resonate like I've been there as well like the five and two you know the shakes Mm. the um whatever like I I tried all that as well and I think because we ultimately are looking for like a quick fix or that solution that's like ultimate happiness and when you're younger like you you do need a little bit of that right that's part of like learning in your experience but at what cost yeah and you know how far do we go down before mm-hmm. we actually call that as being like not okay yeah it's yeah it's a very gray space yes mm. Mm. um now i wanted to talk to you about body image and weddings oh oh no i obviously <laughs> just recently got engaged and it's something that i'm probably I'm putting a little bit too much pressure on myself and like I know that I'm putting too much pressure on myself but it's like anytime I'm eating something bad I'm feeling really guilty about it anytime I'm not exercising through the day I'm feeling guilty and like I know like we went and we went wedding dress shopping and it went really well but in the lead up to that I was so anxious like I was really really I was like really fearful Mm. to try on dresses and see like my lumps and bumps and not find anything and I was like mum was like what are you talking about like you're absolutely going to find something that looks good but I was like so scared that everything would look bad and so like anyone that's listening to this as well like obviously you know we went and it all went fine and I was like oh that was silly why was I so stressed but for people that maybe are going to be in that situation like obviously it's a massive conversation but like do you have any tips or like advice or learnings from that that you could kind of pass on because like it was honestly I felt so anxious mm, for I, literally no reason yeah and I still feel quite guilty anytime eating something bad because I'm like seven months till the wedding I've got to 
Shred. Like this, right? Yeah, I've got to like. <laughs> when shred. But I'm like, also, I don't want to get that much skinnier because no. then my dress. <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> also, but then like, it's hard for me to like my dress arrives in November, and like to be completely honest and like put myself out there. Like, there's part of me that's like, oh, so you've got November to make the changes that you need to make because once you've done that, then there's no going back. So you need to lose weight now. And like, you know, like mm. it's a really it's a really negative mindset and mm. I don't want to have any negative feelings through this process because yeah. it should be yeah. all fun, right? I think first of all, like, thank you for sharing your vulnerability there because I think that a lot of people, mm. like a lot of people will be like, yeah, like I get that. Yeah. Like, I totally get that. Like you're not alone in this. And I think that is where that question of like, why? Like what has brought us to this point where on like this massive occasion where we are like showing and celebrating like your love for each other and like announcing that to like your loved ones and having this epic party like how how has that turned into being a reflection of um how small you can be because ultimately that's the goal right like it's it's that that is what we're aiming for right but but now it's not even just that it's like but I still need to have boobs, I need to have a butt, and mm. I need to have the clear skin, and I need to have, um, you know, and it's, it, whatever that is changes throughout yeah. the decades, throughout the centuries, they change. So, you know, a few hundred years ago, women were being fed, like, fattening, like, tablets and sold, like, mm. stuff to make them more voluptuous because that is what that beauty ideal was, Yeah. right? So and then you go back to like heroin chic and yeah. like the oh early two thousands where it was like if you were like a stick you yeah. were not attractive. Yeah. Whereas now we would look at that and be like, that was that's a bit gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But meanwhile, we all have different genetics, right? Genetics and environment are eighty percent of what our body of what our body weight is, right? And then there's there's a hundred factors that contribute to our, our body shape, mm. right? So why are we spending so much time and wasting so much energy in like in changing and manipulating like the the way that our body is in this world like this time yeah and like why why do we do that like when it's not what the like event is yeah yeah because it's judgment right Mm. it's judgment and it's the photos and you want to look your best you want to feel your best right but that is where i call out to be like well what if looking your best is is actually just what you are right now? Like, mm. who says that you are not your best in this very specific moment, right? Mm. And anything that you're seeing on your Instagram and your TikTok that makes you feel <laughs> like you are not your best right now for a wedding to be a bride, yeah. get rid of that shit. Yeah. yeah. Right? Get rid of that shit because, like, that is why, you know, and, like, like you, you inhibit a, a small body right mm. yeah does that make you feel uncomfortable yeah yeah <laughs> right but but you you are a, you can go to the shop mm. and get your size yes right yeah so how do you like how do you think women who are in a size 16 18 like they get married mm. right they have weddings and yet like you're feeling this right and i think that is just like a really big thing to be like we need to have more representation more diversity because not everyone is a size six in a white dress like there's a huge range and people of all shapes and races and um genders and sexual orientations get married or like declare their love for each other in in a celebration and it's like literally about love which is like also, then I get frustrated at myself because I'm like, why are you letting that affect you? It's not about that. But then it's like this cycle of like, I think, but it does affect me. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. I think be really self-compassionate with yourself, right? Like this is the world that we live in, okay? Like I still have moments of like feeling shit about my body and, and having thoughts about needing to change it and to be smaller. Like I, I've been doing this, like this work for 10 years. Mm. I can't control the thoughts that come into my head, right? Because I don't live in a bubble of like a perfect body neutral world right we still live in this world where massive companies with billions of dollars make money off of us not feeling enough Mm. so whatever that is whether it is our skin or our nose or our boobs or our shape or our weight like or the color of our skin there's something the color of our teeth which i'm anyway (laughs) (laughs) 
right? Like there's always something. Yeah, there's always something. Something that yeah. we can that we and we need to pay for that. Yeah. And so people are profiting off of that. Mm. Old white men are profiting off of this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna keep happening. Until <laughs> we riot. No, but I think something I think about the wedding thing, I think from experiencing going through your thing with you, it is very like it's very stressful. And for me, it like scared me how you have to come out of the dressing room and show. And like, it's not just the people you brought along. It's everyone else who's in the shop and everyone's like looking. And like, it's very, <laughs> like, even I was like, oh, and you looked amazing. But I was like, this is, ve- I don't know if I could but ever do some this. some store, I mean, it depended on the store. That's At true. least I've done it first. You know what I'm doing. Some of them, it's like you make a really big moment. And there was one, one store that we went to, Liv will know. And we won't name names. I'll say oh, Absolutely. Um, Tell me after. She was like, to me. She was like, and if you don't feel comfortable in the dress, we won't open the curtains. Like, we'll just take it off. And I said, oh great. Like that'll be beautiful, right? Because I don't want to like put a dress on, yeah. hate it, hate how it sits on me, and then, still and then have to do this big reveal yeah. of this curtain yeah. and show everyone out there. But then I would start to put the dresses on, and I said to her a few times, I I don't like. It, I don't feel comfortable. Oh, we'll just show them anyway. Here you go. And she like strips back the curtain. I'm like, I know it doesn't look good. I don't feel good. Then I have to like present myself to the crowd of people that are watching, which I only had the four of you at that one were watching and there was no one else around, so it was good. But then like, I look at all their faces when I walk out and all of their faces just like drop and do this like, oh. I was like, She looks beautiful, doesn't she, girls? Yeah. This could be the one. Yeah. I'm dying to know what this is. My sister in law's getting married. I'm like. Oh, you need to avoid it. Yeah, okay. I will literally give you a big gist to go not to go. But I was like, this is just so uncomfortable. So, yeah, like, it is stressful. And, like you said, like, I, I can walk into a store and buy off the rack, which yeah. it's like, I'm lucky to be yeah. in that frame. And I know that. And I have friends and family that are not like that. So, I can only imagine how much extra that would feel if they didn't even feel comfortable yeah. at the get-go. Yeah, so. and that's not to invalidate like how you're feeling, right? Like You can still have, have all of that anxiety and that stress, and that mm. is so valid, right? But I think that, yeah, really, really, that's, that just this whole experience just sucks, that she like fully said one thing and then did the it's complete so weird, opposite. Um, but I think that, you know, you've, you've had that experience now, okay? Mm. In terms of the other part of that question was around food like feeling guilty about specific foods or like not exercising enough or whatever i think just remembering like that you it's not like you're um like in that moment like do you do you want the food like do you actually like i don't even know what what bad quotation marks like food we're talking about but like are you like let's say like bad like if i have pasta one night and then we go to have it on another night and i'm like Whoa, whoa, I've already had pasta one night. This week? This week. Okay. Like, I can't possibly have it again. I've got a wedding. Okay. Or like, yeah. oh, I really so, feel like something sweet. I'm, yeah. I want a chocolate. No, I'm going to... Or like, I will eat it and then I'll just feel really, really guilty. guilty. Okay. So, we need like six to eight serves of carbs every day. <laughs> My face. That's the wedding face. Oh, that looks lovely on you. And I think that, like, absolutely, that's not... I'm not giving dietary advice. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. Like, that is just, like, on the Australian guidelines Mm. general population shit, right? Mm. So, of course, it's going to be different for everyone at different stages, right? So, if you are not having that, that's fine, all right? But when it comes to feeling guilty about that, like, again, why, right? Like, Mm. what is it about pasta specifically, which is just as valid a food group as a carrot or an apple, right? We need variation in our diets and actually a healthy relationship with food, right, Mm. is part of what makes up our health. So it's not just about having the bad or good food or the pasta or the not pasta that contributes to our health. It's like all of these other things as well, right? So absolutely, you can like limit yourself to to one pasta a week if you feel okay with that, Mm. right? And if that still enables you to be socially attractive, to sleep good, to have energy, whatever, right? 
go for it. But I think if there's that element of guilt or of like um, judgment on who you are as a person, like I'm doing well because I haven't had this second bowl of pasta, mm. I'm going to be like, mm, really? Do mm. we need that? Have the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, guys. Go to and have the pasta. Exactly. Back to, back to the pasta. <laughs> So we asked our listeners to send in some questions and we got sent a fair few good ones. So we're just going to throw them at you. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> Love that. Um, first one is, how do I gain confidence after weight gain? Um, I guess to understand more about, you know, what, what those feelings are around why that has happened or like what has actually happened in your life because I think that really understanding that our bodies fluctuate throughout seasons throughout the years throughout our lives they fluctuate and so there's always going to be times when we are smaller and when we are bigger so if you are currently in a season of being in like a bigger size body for you and whatever that might mean I have no idea um where do you find confidence? Like, where do you find joy um, in other things that you do in your life? Like, whether that is the relationships that you have, the, you know, the friendships, um, self-care things, uh, wearing specific makeup or wearing specific Mm. clothes. Um, Clothes is huge. Like, get clothes that fit. Like, Mm. don't try and squeeze yourself in those jeans that are just so tight that remind you of the fact that you're in a bigger body right now. Mm. And that can be expensive, but it also doesn't have to be. Um, Don't, don't try and yeah squeeze yourself into things that no longer fit and be comfortable like if that means that you're just wearing you know trackies and hoodies like they're cool at the moment right i think one thing i've noticed with that is i think it's really easy in your own head to be really worried about what other people like your friends or people around you absolutely but then when i think like i've never once thought about any of my friends even if like maybe obviously weight fluctuates whatever but we never look at other people and are like concerned Mm -mm. or think any different of the person Mm -mm. and it goes back to what we were talking about like people are so much more than their weight or what they look like like they're intelligent like they do amazing things like no one should be focusing on that absolutely and i think it's really good if you can try and get in that mindset of like people the people i am surrounding myself with like me for stuff beyond how small absolutely yeah absolutely and that is also where i talk a lot in my like better body image basics ebook about body neutrality or body acceptance Mm -hmm. because to me like i know that my body fluctuates and i know that i my body goes through seasons so instead of trying to gain confidence every time my body changes i actually don't rely on my weight and my appearance to give me my confidence absolutely there's still times where I feel like shit right I'm wearing makeup today because like normally I I don't but I am just feeling a little bit like self-doubty a little bit more like in my head and so putting that on today just gave me a little bit more confidence Mm. but generally speaking I I want to really know that my worth isn't determined by my weight and so I challenge this listener to try and find a space of body acceptance and body neutrality where they're not having to gain confidence because their body shape has changed Mm. I like that a lot thanks okay next one how did you get over your original fear of recovery? How did I get over it? I don't think I did get over it. Um, you, I just did it. You don't... I, I didn't feel like I ever got to a point where it was like, I'm okay with doing this now. I just kept going it. Kept going at it. Kept doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, because you, it's, really, it's really uncomfortable... Um, many different stages of recovery are really uncomfortable and not nice and it kind of feels worse before it feels better but the hope that it could get better um, and no one regrets recovery so I think really connecting with someone who can give you that hope and give you that belief even when you don't have it Mm. I think is really really imperative and something that helped me Next one, what are your thoughts on positive affirmations and practicing those to improve our feelings towards our own body? Mm. 
be honest. <laughs> okay, love hate. So uh, there's actually evidence to like support doing this in terms of it improving our self-esteem, right? So I'm never going to hate on science. I love science. But also I think I feel like a bit of a wanker when I talk to myself in the mirror about how yeah. amazing I am. Yeah, yeah me you too. Are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think it has its place. Yes. And I think absolutely if you are currently like in a really, really dark place when it comes to your body, which first of all, please reach out for support. Don't be in that space alone. But also like if you have to fake it right now, fake it. Even if you don't believe it, then absolutely, like, do it. Um, yeah, love, hate. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I'm the same as you. I, like, I've heard about it. I've heard lots of people talking. People I know do it and, like, love it. But I feel a bit weird to do it. But there's nothing wrong with doing it. No. I think there's other ways you can maybe do it rather than standing in front of a mirror. Like, you yeah. can, maybe if you're looking at yourself instead of, like, being like, oh, I look so bad. Mate, like, I think you actually told me this. Mm. Look at yourself and think of something good that you see in the mirror instead. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, you know, I think... Um, <clears throat> nope, I forgot what I thought. <laughs> I left my brain. Um, but something that I guess, like, also came with the eating disorder, right, is that complete preoccupation with weight and shape. Yeah. And that meant, like, a lot of body checking, a lot of um, pinching and looking in reflections to see moment to moment what had changed. And I think coming from that space, which is quite extreme, right? I'm not expecting people who um, just have a bit of low self-esteem or struggle with body image to maybe be at that level. But I think having been there, like what is, what is the point of speaking negatively about ourselves? Like, what, um, let me word that better. What is the cost of doing a positive affirmation? right? Yeah. Like what do you lose out on? What do you, mm. what is the possible side effect? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Right. True. You can lose nothing by being a little bit of a dick and speaking positively yeah. yourself in the mirror. <laughs> right. So in that instance, I'm like, well, just try it. Yeah, like true. try it. See, see what sticks. Yeah. But if you do, if you feel like it's not your thing right now, then try something else. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. This next question we have kind of touched on a couple of times now. Um, but how can I retrain my brain to stop constantly putting myself down when I look in the mirror and try on clothes? I'm sorry that you are constantly putting yourself down. Um, I think that it's something that a lot of us can relate to, um, having experienced at different times. So I want to be thinking about what else is going on in your life. Like what else is happening that is kind of making the inner critic so hyper-focused on this as the point of um, like self-hatred or like low self-esteem, I guess. So I think in terms of how you get out of that or how you retrain your brain is just first of all you're aware of it so that's really cool continue to be aware of it catch the thought and rewrite it mm. so that might be like really oversimplified but I think if you are aware of when that is happening then you can catch it and then you can put another kind of thought in place or another belief in place so these jeans look so crap on you okay catch that thought mm. These jeans aren't feeling so comfortable right now. That's okay. I am no less of a human worth less because of that. Right? Yeah. Can you, does that make sense? Is that like a practical yeah. Yeah, example? Yeah. Okay, great. Definitely. Yeah. It seems like it's a bit of, yeah, kind of reframing. Like reframing, reframing, exactly. Yeah. What is in your brain reframing what that actually means? Because it doesn't it's have hard. to be a bad Yeah, yeah I it is like hard. It's easy yeah. I think definitely, and also with the reframe, don't necessarily focus on it being positive. Like, don't lie yeah. to yourself here. But can you just make it more neutral? Mm. And do that by, like, gaining evidence for yourself in terms of how that could be the truth. And that means asking loved ones around you as well, like, speaking out about it. And, again, like, finding other things that actually build up your self-esteem that yes. aren't related to your appearance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this last one, I'm going to read you straight, like, the question. Oh, Because I, I found it really funny in, like, the way she worded it. She said... Surely we can ask Sabine to share some of her strategies on how to stop comparing to others on social media and overcoming negative body image self-talk. Social media really gets me, especially seeing diets people are trying while I sit here and eat a big muffin. <laughs> Heck yes to the big muffin. Eat a big muffin. <laughs> yeah, comparison is, is huge. Like, it, it really it does come down to what makes us feel not good enough because there's always someone that is yeah 
thinner, healthier, fitter, mm-hmm. richer, prettier, blonder, whiter teeth, <laughs> I don't know, like whatever, <laughs> bigger boobs, like right, yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. that is, you're always going to have that point of comparison, right? So again, catch that, yeah. But also if it's, if it's, if you know it's coming from social media, you can actually control your social media a little bit, right? Yeah. Like not so much the explore page, like but people, yeah, right? mute them, unfollow them, mm. like be harsh no what word am i looking like be um because you that is that is really important for your mental health it's really important yeah. for you to for your self-esteem and for the way that you you know carry yourself in this world mm-hmm. and i know again that that's harder said than done but actually it's not like actually just sit down with your phone and when you are scrolling and when you feel that comparison come up mute that person unfollow yeah. that person yeah. go follow a cute puppy page instead yes. right <laughs> or travel photography landscapes like jokes like something that's not to do with body positivity i think also there's a beautiful space for body positivity and sharing and diversity i think that's really important but then also take that that step further to go beyond the body and remember Mm. what we're actually about Mm -hmm. is so much more than that so you remember that you control that detox it detox your social media don't get don't get stuck there but again like remember as well it's not your fault these apps are created to keep you on there so they are especially like well instagram you can probably take more of you can handle that better but like if you're on something like tiktok just on your like for you page you don't re- like i mean you have control of the algorithm by what you're looking at but like a little while ago mine was all stuck on like like it girl like the clean girl sort mm. of you know what i mean mm. and like every second video i get mm. and i'm not liking it but every second video maybe because i'm just watching it yeah it's like oh slick hair back oversized jacket and you have to be like this size and this way mm. to then it becomes harder because you don't even follow those people. Yeah, I think you can you can like say not interested. Mm. So if can you can you do that, you can. Yeah. On TikTok. Yes, <gasps> I think. Yeah, I think you can. Um, yeah. Oh, so you, you you, yeah, so that is that that is something. But I think also because I definitely find myself there sometimes, and if I'm again if I don't have the awareness, then that can really yeah impact start to impact the way that I feel about myself more so like now it's not so much to do with body image but more so when it comes to like um other people's like businesses or like success Mm. or like parenting is a big one right it doesn't really matter what the content or the subject matter is but when I do find that I'm in that frame of mind again instead of thinking this means that I need to um restrict my food diet and look a certain way it's Mm. actually no, I can see that that is what they're doing. That is their path right now. That doesn't... Sorry, sorry. my dog. <laughs> I'll just claim it. That's my dog. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Shout out to Winnie. No. <laughs> Winnie, my dog's Winston. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really cute. <laughs> no, but I think one good thing about social media and Sabine, this is... Well, I like following you for many reasons, but I have to say you do a really good job of posting like real stuff Mm. like snoozing your alarm like things not going the way you want it and I think I have noticed actually a lot of like influencers and people are starting to do more of that which I think is good because I think it's very easy to look at people and think like wow their life is perfect like why isn't my life like that but I like when people post like Instagram versus reality and Mm. it's like okay we Mm. are all the same we absolutely even someone who's like a supermodel goes through the same oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) not meeting me oh shit but I think really like I think like I love that but I think we also need to be careful and recognize that even when people are doing the insta versus reality yes it's still a very still like not reality. Right? <laughs> it's still chosen yeah, it's true. still right like and and that's not to say that it doesn't have a point or whatever but I'm really like and this is why I have such a love-hate relationship with it because I think it is just it is just so one-dimensional yeah. and even when we try to like add these other dimensions which are great and I'm so glad we're going down that path um 
it doesn't change the fact that it's one-dimensional. Like it's, yeah. it's comparing ourselves to what we see in that moment on that screen. Yes. Yeah. And I think that needing to remember, again, you know, that you, you never know what is going on behind yeah. that, right? Like even I, I do share like real stuff, but that's, again, a tiny snippet yes. of like what, what's actually happening. Yeah. Um, and that's not because I'm like hiding anything. It's just that you probably won't be interested in half the shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's just, yeah. Who cares? Oh, that's so true. <laughs> um, okay, to finish up, we want to talk just more a bit about you. So what is coming up for you? What's next? I think I've just done a massive rebrand. So Core Confidence is now Worth Beyond, which is like really exciting. Um, So just really focused on recovery support now, one-on-one support. And it's really important to me to like still... The, the reason that I do this is to be the person that I wish that I had. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like being there for people in like the best capacity that I can is like my most important thing going forward. So mm-hmm. just navigating how to do that while still, you know, needing to pay bills yeah. <laughs> and, and be really mindful of, you know, that, I, yeah, it still needs to, to have that element. Um, I think is something that I'm just at the moment just figuring out. So yeah, I think just continued growth and understanding and I've need to be a bit easier on myself. I feel like I've been, been a bit hard on myself, which is a lot of the self doubt mm. where that has come from. Um, so thanks for that moment. Cause I haven't actually said that out loud. There so now that I've said that, yeah. I will take that forward. Good. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, but, the question I wanted to ask before when we were talking about your journey and everything. Yes. Do you love what you do now and helping other people? Like, does oh my gosh, it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's the weirdest thing. Like, of course, I would never wish needing to sort of. Yes. sort of upon anyone or my experience upon anyone um and that is why i started in prevention because mm-hmm. i was like oh if i can you know if i can help people like yeah. stop going down that slippery yeah. slope but what i recognized was that there was still this huge gap of people who were already struggling and i think disordered behaviors are so normalized and i really feel that you know having my experience of being a physiotherapist and and having that knowledge of the body as well as yeah. that lived experience of having a really unhealthy relationship with food exercise and my body image makes like gives me a really unique place to support people like I said in a way that I wish I'd been supported so I absolutely love my job I'm so grateful for my experience and for getting through it in a way that I'm now able to support other people Mm. um and I'm really really thankful for that Mm. I really like that a lot I feel like after a lot of things that you say I just need a minute to be like yes Yes. <laughs> oh. um, if anyone wants to contact you in more detail after listening to this, like if they've got any questions for you or they want to be in touch with you for support or anything really, what's the best way to contact you? Is that through your worth beyond? Yes, Instagram? yes. Uh, probably no, probably through the website actually. So there's like an inquiry th- form mm-hmm. on the website so worthbeyond.com.au um of course they can through dms as well but my dms just sometimes get not that i get many oh my god that makes me sound like <laughs> such a twat but <laughs> honestly don't. like Insta- <laughs> they're just they're always going enough. off they're just like you know no absolutely not it's just that they just sometimes get lost in like in terms of just because i have like conversations with people um so definitely like inquiry form website is like the best way to yeah to get in touch yeah but also the DMs are with you. <laughs> um, okay, the next thing we were thinking, and now we're going to put you on the spot, but you don't have to say anything. You don't have to say yes. We were like, it, what would be really cool is to get you, like to get a group of our listeners together that want support from you. Oh my gosh. And do some sort of like, collab. No. Something like we have like a sip happens like night where we do champagne and we can just have. I like don't a drink. Sorry. <laughs> looking at your champagne glass. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> yeah. um, but like get everyone there like and make it a safe space and kind of like just sort of like a coffee chat. Yeah. Champagne chat. Absolutely. Yeah, champagne chat. Absolutely. Is this an invitation? Yes. Yes. I say yes. I accept. <laughs> No, no, I would love that. Propose the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna propose to you. I feel honoured. 
Um, no, absolutely. Like there is nothing more than I love than like in-person connection. And mm. I would absolutely like love nothing more than to yeah. do that. Oh, and, I yes, think there's so many people okay. that would really love it. Like yeah. honestly, the amount of people that have talked to us about our episode with you, like mm. it's still to this day get gets like it's in our top um, listen to. And every week it gets like, there's more people listening and there's more people reaching out to us saying how much it's helped them in one way or another. So we might even put it out to our listeners and see like if anyone would be interested. I mean, yeah, if people want to come. I mean, you won't know. No, but just kind of see, yeah. Um, I think that would be amazing. If we can like, get something going because I, I think it could that. be a real safe happy space for people to you know open up and heal yeah Yeah. and the reason that I start I did coffee chats was because for me you know a big point in my in my journey sorry to bring it back to me for a second I know we need to wrap this up but (laughs) um was the connection that I had in like a body image group so it was the first time that I was surrounded with three other women who um with a counselor who had the same kind of struggles or experiences and it was the first time that I felt like validated seen and heard Mm. just to be like oh like you're going through this shit too and we all all look different it always looks different right no one experiences it exactly the same but that for me was such a big driver for coffee chats because that connection I think and the conversation to just be able to talk about this stuff in a safe space Mm. yeah I mean can you tell I'm excited (laughs) oh good I'm I'm sorry she doesn't want to do it awkward Liz was like maybe you should just ask her off mic I was like no (laughs) I love it Uh, well thank you so so much for making time and doing this chat with us yeah thank you every time I feel like every time we talk to you I just leave after I'm like wow Sabine's amazing thank you so thank you for coming back I was really nervous like I was like to to Ryan beforehand I was like I don't know if I can do this like I'm (laughs) like I've just been filled with self-doubt so thank you guys so much like I really appreciate it and feel like on a massive high as well so thank you for your amazing questions well, and conversation cheers cheers oh we don't clink <laughs> we can clink I haven't drank that you've been listening to Sip Happens with Liv and Bon please subscribe rate review and share as this is super helpful for us and means we'll be back in your ears with another episode soon in the meantime you can find us on Instagram at Sip Happens Pod at Bonnie.twig and at Live not. And if you want to see some video content and behind the scenes, you can find us on TikTok at Sip Happens Pod. Cheers! Cheers.